So we're kicking off, or not kicking off, we're continuing a series that we started uh, last week. And um, last Sunday we read something, um, especially if you weren't here, um, and I know there was a lot of women at the women's retreat, if you weren't here, we read something really uh, short that Jesus said, um, but it was really challenging and really convicting. And just paraphrasing, basically he said this one time, he was teaching a group of people, and he said, uh, if you come to church to pray to God or to worship God or to, to sing or to meet with God or maybe you're even at home but you're coming to God to offer something to him or to meet with him or to be with him um, and in that moment you realize that there's a conflict between you and somebody else. There's, there's something that hasn't been resolved or dealt with. There's something between you and someone else. I want you to pause and leave whatever you had to give to God, whether it's prayer or worship or a gift or money or time or attention or focus. Just pause and don't give it to him. Go and deal with that first and be reconciled to that person first. And then you can come back and meet with God. And that's really, really challenging. I mean, think about if we all took that seriously. If we didn't come to church, if there was any conflict in our lives, it wasn't dealt with with anyone else. There might be maybe 10 people here every Sunday, right? Because that's just really hard and we face it all the time. There's always conflict we have with other people. And whatever you think about Jesus, and maybe you're sort of new to church, um, or maybe you're coming back to church, maybe you grew up in church, but you left because it was tough, or you had a bad situation there, or maybe you don't even know what you believe about Jesus, and there's some of those things, that are parts of the Bible, the miracles, or the resurrection, or all that, and you're not sure about the whole Son of God stuff. But, but set all that aside for a second. He was like a master psychologist because he understood things about people and about human nature and about especially human relationships. And he understood what I think we all intuitively know. And that's when there's a conflict with one person in your life and it hasn't been dealt with and there's emotions and there's stuff and there's words and there's actions and it's all just still there and it hasn't been resolved that that's gonna leak its way into every other aspect of your life. It's gonna leak its way into every other relationship, even your relationship with God. So much so that Jesus says, hey, don't even come and meet with God yet because if there's something going on in a horizontal relationship, you need to go and deal with that. That's where God wants to work in your life. And then you can come back and meet with him. So last week we ended by just asking one really simple question. Is there anybody in your life right now, that you maybe have a conflict with that hasn't been addressed or hasn't been dealt with? Is there anybody at work? And maybe it's something really small. Um, Maybe you just haven't connected in the right way and something was said and a look was given and it just, it it never was dealt with. Maybe it's something bigger. Maybe it's something really big. Maybe it's somebody really close to you and there was a knockdown, drag out, you know, one of those kind of things. But is there anybody in your life right now where there's some undealt with or unresolved conflict. We just ended with that question last week. And so naturally the next question is, well, yeah, there is. Most of us could say, yeah, there probably is. Well, what do I do with that? What do I do about it? And that's really what the next three weeks of this series are. How do you walk through those kind of conflicts in our lives? How do you walk through those things in very practical ways? 
And today I wanna begin talking about that and I wanna actually give you four questions for you to ask that whenever you realize there's, there's unresolved conflict and I need, to, I need to go address this or I need to have a conversation or I need to do something about it, I want you to ask four questions. I'd love for you to just write these down. Um, we give you a bulletin every time you walk in uh, the door here and there's, we leave a lot of space on the front page for you to just jot down notes. So would you maybe just jot down these four questions today so you can take them home and think about them and reflect on them and begin to use them as you think about how to deal with conflict in your life. So four questions, and the first question actually comes from Jesus. Um, a little bit later that day when he was teaching those people and he said that one thing about, hey, if you've got conflict, you need to go deal with it first. A little bit later, um, as he was teaching, he said something else, something that's actually a little bit more famous. Let me read it for you. This is from Matthew chapter seven. He said, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, this is a famous statement, right? Most of us have heard this, even if you didn't grow up to church, in church, right? You've heard this all your life. Don't judge, lest ye be judged, right? Maybe you didn't even know Jesus was the person who said it, but yeah, he said it, and it's very famous, and the reason he said it is because he knew that we all love to be judges, we love to set ourselves up as judges. We tend to think that we're really good judges. We tend to think that we're the objective, neutral people that have the right perspective on everything and that we can set ourselves up as judges and we can look at any kind of situation or any kind of conflict with someone else and we can determine what was wrong and what was said and who was wrong and who's to blame and what somebody should do about it. We love to be judges where we can stand back and sort of pronounce the verdict, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't be a judge like that, especially when it comes to conflict. And you'll see that that's where he's going with this. When it comes to conflict with another person, don't set yourself up to be a judge because when you set yourself up to judge someone in that way, you gotta remember, you're also going to be judged. Now he continues and he says something that gets really to the core of what's going on with conflict with other people. Look at what he says next. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. In other words, there's something between you and someone else. What you tend to do is focus on the sawdust in that person's eye, right? This little piece, I, I brought a piece of sawdust. Can you see this, right? Why do you tend to focus on this little thing that's in someone else's eye and the whole time you're ignoring, like, the plank, right? It's this crazy picture, but it's so memorable that he's saying you keep focusing on this one thing in someone else's eye, but you're ignoring this massive plank, this massive problem in your own eye. It's almost as if you're thinking about what they said, what they did what their fault is, what part of the blame they share, what they need to do to make it right, how they need to apologize. And the whole time Jesus is saying, you're focused on them, but you're ignoring yourself. He goes on, it's famous, right? We know this image. He goes on to say this, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank 
out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It's simple. You can't really fix somebody else. You can't even really judge someone else. You can't point out their part of the problem. You can't really focus on what they did or what they said until you back up and you ask the question, what's my part of the problem? What is it that I did? What is it that I said? And so to simplify this, I think Jesus would ask this one simple question. He would have us ask this simple question, what is my part? That's the first question we need to ask anytime. We're facing conflict with someone else and we want to see that conflict get resolved. What's my part? What did I contribute to this? What is it that I said? What is it that I did? Before I even think about what they said or what they did or how they're to blame or what responsibility they have, I need to back up and first ask, what is my part? And I love the picture that Jesus gives because he says, basically, you can't even see the situation clearly because you've got this huge thing in your own eye. So you don't even see the sawdust in their eye very well. You're not even gonna be able to address the issue. You're not gonna be able to resolve this conflict because you have this huge thing. You need to deal with this first. And in fact, once you deal with this, you might actually see the conflict differently. You might have a whole new perspective on what actually happened. But it all starts with asking the question, what is my part? So that's the first question that I think Jesus would have us to ask. What's my part? Here's the second question. Whenever you're dealing with conflict, what are my emotions? What are my emotions? How did that whole thing, that argument we had, a thing that happened at work, that thing that happened over a series of conversations and weeks and months, how did it make me feel? What emotions did it bring up? And this is one that I really would rather just skip over, right? I don't wanna ask this one, but it's really important to identify what are your emotions? Are 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 you primarily mad about this? Are you frustrated? Did something happen that made you feel ashamed? Why? Did something happen that opened up an old wound from the past? And what are the emotions associated with that old wound that just surfaced really quickly that you didn't even realize were there, but they were there. They were under the surface and they just came up really quickly. Was there some jealousy? Was there envy, (laughs) right? Was there resentment? Are you afraid? Did something happen that made you scared? Are you scared it's gonna happen again? And what's behind that? Was there a sense of injustice you felt and that's why you responded the way that you felt? What are your emotions in all this? David, uh, King David from the Old Testament, he would pray these prayers to God all the time and he would voice his emotions. Look at one of these prayers. This is Psalm 55. He says this, Listen to my prayer, O God. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror 
has overwhelmed me. So he's, he's pouring out all of these emotions. He's identifying them and saying, this is how I deeply feel about what happened, God. And the question is, what actually happened? Well, he goes on and look at what he says next. He says, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you. And now he's not talking to God anymore. He's actually talking to the cause of this conflict, the person. He says, it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. And if you read the rest of the psalm, what you begin to see is David had somebody really close to him that betrayed him. And it was this deep wound in his life. It's not this enemy. It's not somebody faceless or nameless or far away. It was somebody deeply close to him. And there was this thing that happened and he felt all of these emotions. And now he's voicing them to God. He's identifying all these things that he's feeling as a result of what happened with this other person in his life. And it's important for us to do the same thing. We have to identify our emotions for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, simply because they're there, right? It's kind of obvious, but we don't like to admit it. They're there. We have these emotions, and we don't often know how to identify them or know how to prom- uh, uh, process them. And sometimes we just react out of our emotions without even realizing it, right? We fire off a really angry text or a really angry email, or, or, or we say something that we don't really mean or something that we're going to regret later. And if we can just step back and almost take a time out and say, let me just take an assessment. What am I feeling about all this? What what are the emotions that this thing with this other person has created inside of me that I'm not even aware of or I'm not even facing or identifying really well? Can I just begin to figure out what's going on inside? We need to identify them because they're there and we can't ignore them. And we also need to identify them because when we do ultimately talk to that person and try to walk through the conflict with them, We need to be able to tell them how we felt. We need to be able to tell them that what happened made me feel a certain way, but we can't tell them how we felt if we haven't first identified what we felt. But if we can take some time to identify our emotions and then go to that person and say, let me just share with you how I have felt walking through this. And they can listen to us, and then they can say back to us, well, let me share with you how I felt. And both people can say, I see that now, and I understand that, and I acknowledge those emotions. And you're not talking about blame at this point. You're not talking about whose fault it was or any of those things. You're simply saying, here's how I'm feeling. And if both people can say, I see that, and I understand that, and I acknowledge that those feelings are real, you begin to build a foundation, and you begin to build a platform from which you can actually move forward in dealing with the conflict, but it starts with identifying your emotions so that you can be able to at least process through them and share them with whoever it is you're going through it with. If, uh, if, if I get upset with my wife, Janice, you know, and there's something that's like, well, you need to stop doing that, and you did that yesterday, and I don't like it when you do that, and I just say that, and can you just please stop doing that? That's not helpful, Right? But if I can at least go to her and say, you know, 
when you do that, here's how I feel. And whether it's right or wrong, we, can, we need to work through that, but here's just, I just need to let you know, this is how I feel. And she can say, oh, now I understand why you're responding in that way. Well, let me tell you how I feel, you know, and we can begin to do that. We build this platform for being able to move forward. So we need to start with the first question. What is my part? And the second question is, what are my emotions? But here's the third question. What are my intentions, right? What are my intentions? Let's assume you've begun working through your part. Let's assume you've begun working through your emotions. And now you feel like, I need to probably go meet with this person face-to-face to talk about it. Because you're not going to send them a text, right? Right? No. You're not going to send an email, right? No. You never, we never resolve conflict over text or email. It's the worst form of communication to try to resolve things. So you're going to go meet with somebody in person. But when I meet with them, what are my intentions? Am I just hoping to share with them all the things that I saw and all the things that I thought and all the things that I felt? And am I mostly hoping to get them to see my point of view? Or am I open to seeing their point of view? To hearing how they saw it and how they felt? Am I interested in knowing what their emotions were walking through this? Are my intentions to to go into a conversation with another person and to be the judge? To be the primary person doing all the talking? To come in with all the solutions of here's what went wrong and here's what needs to change and here's what you need to do and here's how we need to address this going forward? Or am I open to hearing how they thought things went wrong? What solutions they might have? What perspective they might have? Am I willing to empathize with them to try to step into their shoes and see things from their point of view? I love what James wrote. James was the brother of Jesus and he wrote a letter to a group of Christians and in that letter he writes a bunch of stuff but at one point in that letter he makes this one really succinct statement. He says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now he gives other practical advice about dealing with with conflict, but this might be the best when it comes to checking your own intentions. Am I as interested in listening to them as I am in talking to them? Right? Because if I walk in and I say, here's what I think happened between us, and, and here's why I got upset, and here are some of the emotions that I felt, but I also want to hear what you think happened. And I want to hear what you felt. And I want to hear your perspective. And I'm actually open to changing my whole interpretation of what happened after I hear what you thought and what you felt because that might give a whole new picture of what actually happened. If I could do that, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't we want the other person walking in with that attitude? 
I mean, wouldn't we want them to walk in and say, hey, um, I, I have some things that I want to share, but I actually want to hear your perspective first. And I want to hear how you felt first, because that's going to shape this whole thing. I want to know how you, wouldn't we want that from them? Wouldn't that be amazing? And if we want that from them, shouldn't we start by giving that to them? Right? So what are my intentions in addressing this conflict? So what's my part? What are my emotions? What are my intentions? And then the fourth and last question is similar. What's my end goal? What's my goal? What's my goal here in trying to resolve this conflict? What's the end result that I'm hoping for or that I'm praying for? Uh, When we anytime try to resolve conflict, I think we often walk in um, with one of four possible end goals. We don't maybe think about them consciously, but let me, let me walk through these. I think the first option we might walk in with is this, um, I win, you lose, right? There was a lot of mmms on that one. <laughs> if you're a competitive person, this is your default. This is like the aggressive stance, <laughs> You don't mind dealing with conflict so much because it's actually an opportunity for you to win, right? And you tend to usually think that it's the other person's fault, that they're the problem, that they're the ones that need to be solved. And so you don't mind walking into engaging the conflict because you've got a whole lot of ideas about what they did wrong and what they need to do to make it right. And you're looking forward to sharing that. I mean, in fact, you've practiced it in your mind, right? You've gone through it a bunch of times and you're ready to walk in and just win the argument. And it's gonna be about I win and basically you're going to lose. Here's another option. Um, The second option is I lose, you win. And this is more of the passive Stance. We talked about this last week because some of us are deathly afraid of conflict. We're so scared of facing conflict that we'd actually rather lose than face it. Like I'd rather play the victim. I'd rather take all the emotions that I felt and I don't want to share them with you because if I share them with you, you might get mad at me or you might be offended and it's going to get worse and I don't want to deal with that. So I'd actually rather be the victim and lose than have to face the conflict. I want you, I'd rather you just win if we can just make this go away and move on. That's the I lose, you win. Here's a third option. Everybody loses, <laughs> Right? And nobody actually thinks this, but this is what happens when you're passive aggressive. And some of us do this really well. All of us do this from time to time. We start off passive because we want to avoid the conflict because nobody loves conflict. But then we don't know what to do with these emotions that are bubbling up inside of us. And so we sort of blow off some steam or we say something really mean and then we take off, right? We kind of throw this bomb and there's more shrapnel and and you're going to lose and I'm going to lose because it's not really dealt with very well. Or here's another passive aggressive way we might approach it is I'm not gonna talk to you about what you did, but I'm gonna talk to everybody else about what you did. And so the conflict isn't really dealt with out in the open, but it just gets worse and worse. I'm not able to resolve it, you're not able to resolve it, but everybody's thinking bad things about you now. And it's like everyone simply loses. There's a fourth approach and you should have guessed it by now, it's probably the one that we should take. It's where everybody 
wins. Everybody wins. What if we went into that conversation or that process with this idea of, is there a win-win scenario here? Is there a way that we can navigate this where, where I can share what I felt and you can acknowledge that and then you can share what you felt and I can acknowledge that and we can both empathize with one another. So there's empathy going both ways. We can get our feelings out there. We can start to build a platform and then we can go through the difficult, hard and messy conversations of figuring out what happened and what needs to happen moving forward but in such a way that we all win. No one loses. We all win. And you might say, well, that sounds nice, but that's a lot harder to do in practice. And you're right, it is. That's why there's two more weeks left in this series, right? So we're gonna come back next week and talk about how do we actually begin to have those conversations? What are the things that we need to say and how do we resolve the messy and the difficult things? Or you might be sitting there thinking, well, doesn't it take both parties coming to the table with that approach that everybody wins? And what if, what, if, what if you're in a conflict with someone, and somebody even asked me this after the message last week, they said, what if you're in a conflict with someone and there's no movement on the other side? What if they're not willing to meet you? What if they don't wanna address it? What if they don't want to acknowledge anything? What if there really is a big problem on their side and you don't know what to do about it? You know what I think Jesus would say? Just focus on your part. That's all you can do. Before you address the speck in their eye, before you address what their problem is, all you can do is focus on your part. So would you be willing to ask those four questions? What's my part? What are my emotions? What is it that I'm feeling here? And then what are my intentions? Do I wanna hear, do I wanna listen? Or am I more quick to speak and judge? And ultimately, what's my end goal? Is it to truly make peace and be reconciled? Because I think that's what Jesus would want for us. Let me pray. Lord God, um, this is easy to talk about, but it's difficult uh, to do. And um, we're all challenged by Jesus' teaching about this. And so I pray that you would just help us to focus on our part. We can't do anything about other people. We can't change them, we can't fix them, we can't solve them, but we can take an inventory of our own lives and our own emotions and our own actions and our own words. And God, we know that you want what's best for us. We know that you're like our father and you see us as your children and you want us to know peace and wholeness, and healing, deep healing amid the deep brokenness that we experience in relationships in this world. And so God, I pray that today, if there are any of us that have difficult or broken relationships or broken conflicts, that you might give us hope, 
and that ultimately we would know that you love us and you want what's best for us. We pray this in your name.